This message was recorded during a live service at Temple Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota. Thanks for joining us as we love God, share life, and serve Christ. I, I want to talk about the Lord's Supper. Partly, I, I, I jotted down five, re- six reasons. And... Um, one reason is because it's been a while since we've had shared the Lord's Supper as a church family, and we try to do that quarterly. In other words, about every once every three months or so during those Sundays, the su- the months that have five Sundays. It's kind of the way we've uh, distinguished that for our church, and it's it's been too long. Been a long time. It was last summer that we shared the Lord's table together. Uh, an- another reason is because uh, the Lord's Supper is a big deal. Uh, it- it's been a big deal. It's been a big deal for 2,000 years. Uh, since Jesus gathered his disciples together and said, Do this remembering me. And when Paul heard that, he told the church, the the very first generation of Christians in Corinth, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of Jesus. And then he also chastised them for adding things to the Lord's Supper that complicated it and took away from its meaning. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 17 to the end goes through that. It's the the place in the New Testament that most clearly teaches the church us about the Lord's Supper. It's been a big deal. Um, Churches like ours and even churches somewhat different than ours have said that the Lord ordained, he commissioned, he told his followers, there are two things that I want you to do. I want you to baptize, and then I command you to remember me in this supper. And so we, Baptists and other groups like ours, not just Baptists, refer to it as ordinances of the church, ordained by Jesus that we should continue to do these things together, baptizing and sharing the Lord's Supper. It's a big deal. Um, It's a big deal because throughout these 2,000 years, churches have disagreed sometimes violently, and I'm not exaggerating. I try not to exaggerate when I preach. I suppose sometimes I do, but this is no exaggeration. Church groups have violently disagreed about how to understand and practice the Lord's Supper. So it's a big deal to talk about it. It has a history of difficult reactions, relationships between churches, different practices. Sorry about that. I don't know why this is making noise. Um, Another reason that I'm talking about the Lord's Supper today is because when we think about connecting with Sojourn Church, I'm sorry about this. 
it becomes irritating. I'll get rid of it. Is it Drew is shaking his head. It's not irritating. Okay, well, then I'll ignore it too then. Uh, okay, now the reason I'm talking about it is because as we think about, pray about, discover, investigate the possibility of joining with Sojourn Church, probably one of the things that we are most different in that we practice most differently is the Lord's Supper. It's been interesting to me as an, you know, every year I get older and every year new church planters and young people get younger. And yeah, yeah that happens to the rest of us too. I realize that. <laughs> That's all right. It's been interesting to me that younger adults, these 20-somethings, 30-somethings, these Grant-style new believers that I respect, by the way, and appreciate, and I'm, I'm so thankful for them. Yeah, I think as a church we are. Many of those churches established by those godly young men and women share the Lord's Supper every week. I remember several staycations ago. You know about staycations, right? When you take your vacation, but you stay home. Right? You, you've heard that before. I don't remember what year it was. Karen and I stayed home, and we went to the church, River City Church, and the pastor at the time at River City was a young man that grew up at the church in Devil's Lake. Karen used to babysit him and his brothers. And we, we knew that when he was baptized as a young believer, I actually left from Fargo and went and did the baptism service in Devil's Lake. Anyway, he was the young pastor of that church. And we went there and they did as they did every week. They shared the Lord's Supper together. And it, it just felt funny to me. It was different. And it was hard, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to share, to do the Lord's Supper like they did it or not. It, it, it was difficult. Uh, in 2018, our church gave me the summer sabbatical. You remember that. And almost every Sunday when I was home, I went to church at Sojourn Church. They were meeting on Broadway in downtown Fargo, and every Sunday they had the Lord's Supper. And at first I just couldn't make myself participate. It was so different. It was so difficult for me to feel comfortable. Eventually I got to looking around and I thought, they're probably all wondering what's wrong with me. And so I started, <laughs> I started deciding that, you know, what's wrong with you? I, I was starting to agree with that. So I began to participate with them doing the Lord's Supper like they did it. And, oh, okay, here's my point. Right now, we're in a very real time where churches very much like ours see the Lord's Supper quite differently in practice, okay? So, all that is to say, this is an important subject. And I want us to anchor in 1 Corinthians 11, what the scripture says about it. And then I want to help us think about how to put it into practice, okay? So that's where I'm headed. And this is a delicate territory. 
because my intention is not to criticize anyone who disagrees with me, even those who take an absolute huge difference in their perspective of the meaning of the Lord's Supper. I am not here to criticize. I am here to read scripture, talk about what I understand, and I hope that you will also hear a similar message and then how we can put it into practice. That's where I'm headed. Um, Paul begins in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17, and if you want to follow in your, on your phone or in your Bible, I think you can grab the Bible in the pew, and I think it's page 812, I believe. So if you want to take a Bible there. Oh, boy. Um, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. So that's how he starts out with the Corinthian church. So the Lord's Supper should do good for the church. It's not about harm. It's not about, and, and as if we would continue, he says, I hear that when you come together, there are divisions among you. Verse 19, no doubt there have to be differences so you can feel superior to others is kind of what he's saying. And then verse 20, when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat, for as you eat the Lord's Supper probably with another meal together, probably when Paul and the Corinthian church, when they shared the Lord's Supper, they probably had what we would think of as a potluck dinner that included what we think of as the Lord's Supper. And so Paul says, when you get together for the Lord's Supper, verse 21, some of you go ahead without waiting for anybody else. Others, and so one remains hungry and another gets drunk. It's like this great big party and you just can't wait to have it. And so you, you, you just throw out everybody else and you just focus on yourself. Verse 22 don't you have homes to eat and drink in? It's, this is not about the meal. Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? You kind of get the impression that they brought their potluck dinner, but they said, this is ours. You know, we've got good stuff, and you're, you're going to have to eat the stuff you brought. I'm glad in our potluck dinners you get a chance to eat whatever anybody brings. Almost feels like in the first century that wasn't the case, that they brought their food together, but they all ate what they brought, and some of them were pretty proud of how good their stuff was, and others who didn't have very much were pretty shamed, were quite shamed by that discrepancy, that division what should I say? Should I praise you for this? Certainly not. And that certainly not is not written casually. It's like a wham. No. The Lord's Supper should not be a point of division or arrogance or superiority or looking down your nose at somebody else or proving how spiritual I am and how unspiritual somebody else is.
Paul said, that destroys. I've taken a little bit of liberty here. I think you'll understand why as I, if I can get there when I get to the end. Verse 23 now, Paul says, let me be clear about what the Lord's Supper means, okay? He's, he's, he's called them on the carpet. He said to them, what you're doing is just disgustingly disgraceful. And that's not an over, that's not exaggeration. That's what he's getting at. He says, now let me tell you what it means. Usually this is where we start reading. See, when we read verse 23. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. That's the ordinance part. That's the ordained part. That's the, the command of Jesus part. Where did Paul get it? I don't know where he got it. Did he get it through the other apostles? Maybe. Did Jesus come and give it to him directly? Maybe. But Paul is absolutely clear. I got this command from Jesus. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he, was, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, Notice it's a cup, not wine, not juice, not vine. It's cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's it right there. That's what it means. It, it is really not a super complicated. Some churches make it quite complicated. I, I know and I... I know I'm not one of them, and I don't want to be in a church like that. And uh, but I, it's not my point. Isn't criticism? My point is just it's just what it says. That's all. That's what it says. That's what the Lord's Supper is about. It's remembering that Jesus gave us His body. This is my body, which is for you. Remember, and this cup is a new covenant because of my blood. Remember, every time you do this, remember because it proclaims the absolute foundation of my death. Without Jesus' death for us, we got nothing. Nothing. I guess we could have religion. We could have sacrifices. We could have good deeds. We could have social programs. But when it comes to biblical Christianity, without the death of Jesus, his body broken, the cup of new covenant in his blood, we have nothing. No biblical Christianity without it. Period. Remember. Remember. Why remember? Why would Jesus say do this to remember? Because he knows we forget. Well, I forget. Maybe you don't forget. Wait, though, as you get older. I was trying to be funny. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks, Elena. I appreciate that. <laughs> Granddaughters are good for the ego. <laughs> 
That's what it means. Uh, he really doesn't say, you know, pass around a little cup. Make sure it's juice, not wine. Make sure it's unleavened, not, don't have any yeast. He doesn't do that. I'll, I'll admit we do. I don't think we're wrong as long as we remember what it's for. As long as we remember what it's for. Okay. Now Paul doesn't just leave it there. He says, now let me help you apply this. And now is where it gets sticky. Therefore, verse 27, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Whoa, wait a minute here. I was just going to church and doing this. You mean I, if I don't do it right, it's a sin? It's to be what he's saying. A man that does it in an unworthy way sins against what Jesus did for us. That's what he says. I'm not exactly sure how that all fits and applies, but I don't want to water it down. He goes on. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now, what does he mean by the body of the Lord? Well, I think he partly means that when you do this, this bread is my body broken for you, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, that there is significance to what that means to you. And if it doesn't mean that to you, then you are sinning against what Jesus did. I sometimes think of it, it's like spitting in Jesus' face. I know you did this, but I don't care. I mean, that's pretty ugly. Many commentators, taters, commentators say that the body, recognizing the body of the Lord involves the church. If you don't recognize that what you're doing affects and is part of the life of the church and how you do it affects others, then you're sinning against Jesus. And there's some truth in that because that's what Paul is so upset at them for, remember? They were doing the Lord's Supper in a way that criticized and condemned and made them arrogant and made them feel superior and inferior and... And so Paul says, when you share this Lord's Supper, remember the impact in the church. In other words, it's not just a private ceremony. It's a church thing. I don't know. I, I tend to think, personally, that the big focus is on remembering about Jesus. And so when we do it in a way that doesn't recognize that we're talking about what Jesus did for us that we're we're sinning against that we're we're spitting in Jesus face to take this sermon in action and say I don't care doesn't mean anything to me and that that is contempt to what Jesus has done that's how I tend to think it is 
but maybe there's also that dynamic of the church going on here too because certainly that's part of the context okay I'll, I'll read it again for anyone who okay a, a man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep probably he means died he probably isn't talking about sleeping through a church service. But if we judge ourselves, in other words, we examine ourselves properly, honestly, we would not come under God's judgment, God's judgment, when we are judged by the Lord. If we do come under God's judgment, in other words, if we're weak and sick and ill, then the Lord is doing that so that we won't be condemned with the world to straighten us up, to get our attention, to say, wake up, you people. Verse 33, so then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. If anyone is hungry, you should eat at home, so when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. So, okay, let's just cut this away from the, the potluck dinner. Let's just get that out of here for now. And then he goes on, when I come, I'll give further directions. Maybe that's what we're missing, you know, the further directions. Maybe, maybe that, that's okay. If, if the Lord wanted us to have Paul's further directions, we would have had it, okay? Don't think of it as an omission. Not omitted. Just those further directions are up to us. Okay, Okay, I've spent way longer than I intended on this. <sighs> How can I pull it together? Each individual church needs to handle the Lord's Supper with the proper kind of respect and dignity and helping its church membership, helping its church folks recognize what the Lord's Supper is all about. That's our church responsibility. And I don't know, um, to me, uh, less than weekly frequency, in other words, not say, sharing the Lord's Supper every week helps with that. Uh, personally, for me, I think of a Lord's Supper service as a perfect time for the gospel. Perfect time for each person in attendance to stop and ask themselves, have I trusted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior? Does this broken body figured in this small piece of bread and does this little bit of juice reminding me of a new covenant in Jesus' blood, is that mine? When I eat this, is this saying, absolutely, God, that is my hope of salvation. I need Jesus. What he did for me on the cross was done by no one else. I want you, Jesus, my Savior. To me, the Lord's Supper is a perfect time for us to think about that together. One of my problems with every week Lord's Supper is it becomes so frequent that we just lose it. Now, that may not be fair. I am not saying that about other churches that do that. I remember when I was a teenager, I went to my cousin's Christian church in Burlington, Kansas, and I'd never been this way, a different church before. 
and they passed the Lord's Supper. First the bread went down the row and people picked up the bread and popped it in their mouth and then the next thing was the cup down the row, just popped. Out. It was like so fast, it was like mechanical and I remember sitting there thinking, whoa, I still feel that way sometimes. I don't ever want it to be mechanical. Maybe that's just me. It's okay if it's not. I, I'm not saying everybody else has to have the same perspective I have. I'm just saying it is that important. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And however we do it, let's never depreciate its importance. Ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Let it preach the gospel. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's remember that when we do the Lord's Supper, it's, it's looking ahead. Jesus is coming. We're in that space between he gave his life for us and one day he'll return. And that's where we're living right now. And that's what the Lord's Supper reminds us about. And then finally, I would say that it's up to us to examine ourselves. It's not up to the church to decide that. In our Baptist faith and message, it says that only people who have been baptized should take the Lord's Supper. And I don't find that here. I'm sorry. I disagree with the Baptist faith and message. That's okay, though. I'm a Baptist. It's loud. Some of you are Baptists, so you can chuckle at that. I, I just think it's up to us to examine ourselves. A man ought to examine the guy next to him. A man ought to examine, it's not, not just males, a person should examine themselves. Know what it means, be clear about it, and then the responsibility is on me. And it's not on me to look at anyone else and say, oh, I don't know, you really shouldn't be doing this. I just cannot get that here. Whether there's a church member or not, whether they've been baptized or not, whether they really understand much about it, whether they can answer all the theological questions about redemption and propitiation and substitutionary atonement. <laughs> you could, I, I know all that stuff. I don't think Jesus is saying you've got to pass an, a, a, a theology test. He's just saying recognize what this means. Jesus died and in his blood I have a new covenant with God and that is mine. I don't know how we'll work out with Sojourn Church if the Lord leads us to join together. I don't know how we'll work out the Lord's Supper thing. I, I don't know. I want to be more generous than more selfish. I want to be willing to look at it differently than I normally do. I want to, I want to think outside my box. I want to give that same thing to churches that are different than I. I'm not, I'm not going to go down to the Catholics and say, you are a bunch of people that don't know what you're doing when you're reading. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to practice what I read in Scripture as faithfully as I know how. And today, we're going to share the Lord's Supper.
and you've already heard what it means. And we're going to sing a song before we share it. And that song is, it's a pretty good song. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die. You devote that sacred head for such. And then we're, I'm going to open the box. I'm just going to spread this out. I'm not going to hand blow. Just spread the, the, the small cup and bread. And you can come and pick one up. And, but let's just sit back down together. And then together we'll open it and eat it together. That's the plan. Let's sing, okay? As they come up and get ready, let me pray. Lord, thank you that in your word, you give us directions. It's not answering every question we might have, but that's okay. Lord, help us not to worry about the questions that we don't answer. Help us to follow what we do see. And as we sing and as we examine ourselves, Lord, Help us to be honest about our relationship with you. And I pray, Lord, if, no, if anyone here has never asked you to save them, said yes to you, that today would be the day that they say yes. Oh, may it be so, Lord. Amen. Let's stand and we'll sing. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to be notified of future messages from Temple Baptist Church, be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you would like to further connect with us, please visit tbcfargo.org. Until next time, we encourage you to join us where you are in loving God, sharing life, and serving Christ.